1: Entering the vicious circle.
0: You are facing a fuel injected
1: suicide machine!
0: I'm the man! When I walk, the ground shakes! I am the master.
1: Welcome to the Vicious Circle. Sid, how you doing?
0: Good, Rob. How you doing tonight? I know you're tired, but how are you doing other than being tired? <laughs> I got a little bit of sleep
1: last night, so I'm feeling great. After the festival, that's all I did was sleep.
0: Is that the Blood and the Snow Festival?
1: No, no. That's the one coming up at the end of October. I did all the interviews. Oh, for my him.
0: God. I keep messing that up. I keep mixing okay. that up.
1: The one we did yesterday was the Chatham-Kent International Film Festival.
0: Okay, okay.
1: That was the one at the drive-in. Good deal. It was a blast. Oh, it was. I'm going to throw this up because this guy, Kyle, he's here every week. Hey, Sid, from your buddy Kyle in Denmark, Wisconsin.
0: Hey, Kyle. What's up, man?
1: Kyle is always here and ready to participate. <laughs> um, so one of the things we talked about last week, and uh, somebody sent this picture, and we were just talking about it. I wanted to get it up real quick. When you had your lung surgery. Right. Right. You said they had to go in through your side and, and break a rib or two. Right. There's a picture of you laying in bed.
0: You, you know, you showed me. I'm trying to think. That must be. Um, I can't tell. Uh, I guess that's after the surgery. That I was in there waiting to get ready to go home. You know, is, that sta-
1: that is, that, is that staples in my side? I'm wondering. Um, it looks like there's a large bandage over the. uh that white area there
0: you know this the thing is i'm 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 gonna say that's probably after the surgery uh i would have thought it would have been a little more covered up than that i can't see if that's a scar that's where the decision was yeah that looks like the hospital yep
1: yeah because you can see the thing on the wall behind you with the blood pressure cuff and
0: you know, someone came in, some wrestling. I know, I think Japan came in and took some pictures. And I think uh, wrestling, Pro Wrestling Illustrated came in and took some pictures. Probably that's where they got that that photograph at.
1: Maybe. Um, let's see here. Oh, where was it? I, I wanted to bring this one up because Zach said, still have the box Bronco?
0: I do, man. I really do. Uh, we got a picture of it on the Instagram, right?
1: Uh, oh, no, we can throw that up there, though.
0: Yeah, we'll throw one up there, and we'll put some on, Put one on the Facebook, too. Also, Rob, I want you to put that picture of my grandson and picture of Frank and Gunner on there as well. You got it. Everybody likes Frank because of the Big Brother thing, so we'll give everybody a picture to look at.
1: There we go. There we go. Um, mm-hmm. Tonight, we were going to start out with a gentleman who had an idea, but unfortunately, he hasn't gotten a hold of us. Mm-hmm. So what I'd like to do, if you don't mind, just to start before the questions start coming in, uh, talk a little bit about the million dollar corporation because we got to WrestleMania last time. Mm-hmm. And it was right after that, you jumped into the million dollar corporation with DiBiase and the crew.
0: Right. So
1: how did that gimmick come along? You you mentioned a little bit about it last week.
0: Really? I, I really feel like it was, you know, from my understanding that, you know, I was put with Ted where Ted could, you know, be with me and be sure that, uh, for, you know, Keep an eye on me for whatever reasons. One, I guess, to where I, maybe I wouldn't go out and, um, you know, do something again. Again, it was because of the on Anderson thing. I think it was that. And also, they wanted to know what I was doing at all times time because, you know, at this, at this point, they knew how I was. I was pretty honest. You know, if I didn't like something, I wasn't going to stick around. And I think they kept him with me as well to you know those kind of things. It just stooge me off for every little thing I was doing. Ironically, weird how sort of the things turned. I've told the story once before, where it'd either be me and Carl Willette or me and Bob Holly, for the most part, and then we rode with the you know uh, Bart and Billy and and um, other people too. But sometimes it'd just be me and Bob, or just me and Carl. It'd be you know with uh, with uh, with uh, Ted with us. And it'd be the opposite, where me and Carl or Bob would have to watch Ted and try to get him to his room without him drinking and trying to get some ugly woman to his room. This is a true story. We were somewhere in Canada, some little small place. Ted had invited himself into a um, a wedding party, and uh, me and Carl was sitting, or me and Bob, either or I can't remember, was sitting in the lobby you know just watching it was a lot of people you know we we were talking and having fun and um this guy comes beside us he got a camera and everything and he introduced himself he tells who is who he is and he says that he's a private investigator he's there to um take pictures of this gentleman who's cheating on his wife and so i stood in for a picture with the guy i actually told the guy come over i want to get a picture of you and your wife he goes this isn't my wife this is a a friend and they, they filmed that, you know, Really? So I sort of helped stew somebody off. But anyway, that's how it turned out. We would, um, it turned out just the opposite again. I was watching Ted. Now, um, I hope I'm making this up, but I know I'm not. Me and Ted went out a few times, you know, uh, Ted liked to party and we were off one night somewhere up in, I want to say it's Philadelphia. I'm a hundred percent sure that it was Philadelphia. He had this guy he knew was a security guard and had that old link Continental that drove us around everywhere. We ended up on our night off going to a drive-in and taking acid. <laughs> oh, really? <laughs> I'm not kidding. I'll never forget that. Going to a drive with Ted DiBiase and some old security guard and doing acid. I haven't taken acid maybe four times in my whole life, but we were tripping, man. <laughs> So that's that's how I got with Ted. Just to party and take acid. Uh,
1: that would be a very interesting thing to watch. Just to be a fly on the wall. This YouTuber. <laughs> oh man, um, we've got a question here. It's totally unrelated to wrestling, uh-huh. but I think you're going to like it. A buddy of mine, Rob Thibodeau, you know the comic that we put you in, mm-hmm. right? We have a, a universe, and my buddy Rob helped create what we call Ravenous. It's four crows that attack the city. Because, okay. and I'll send you pictures. Every season, we have millions of crows that come to Chatham. Okay. I mean, there's times where the sky is filled with them. So he designed these. But here's Rob Tipito with his question, uh, dude. What's in your vinyl rotation? Um, you're playing. Just curious. Because you can uh, your stereo.
0: Well, I've got, um, I've got one of the albums I've gotten recently in the last year or so. That I really enjoyed. There's a Dwight Yoakam. Uh, it's, uh, it's a solid bluegrass. And actually, the album itself is blue, too. It's pretty cool looking. It's called Swimming Pools and Movie Stars. And it's uh, one of the, the best remake, better version, and I'm not saying this because uh, I like bluegrass, but a better version of, of, of Prince's uh, Purple Rain. It is, of course, I've got, uh, I don't know if you see that one speaker. It's a, it's a JBL 4330. Uh, that's a that's a, 19, a fifteen inch subwoofer with studio studio monitors. So it's really you've been here, Rob. It's got really cool sound.
1: Oh, it's gorgeous sound.
0: But um, now I've got that. I've got um, I got I picked up an old album. It's not new. It's new to me. A Junior Kimbrough. Uh, he's a blues artist. That just barely can understand what he's saying sometimes. But the album's called Things. Most things haven't worked out. It's a pretty cool album. And nice. I picked up a Kenny Wayne Shepherd. I like the guitar sound. I'm not a big Kenny Wayne Shepherd fan, but I like it. Then I got a, um, I don't have a an, an, uh, vinyl, but I got a new CD. I was hoping to get vinyls by a guy named Ted Drowdowski. And uh, the song is called The River. And I think the song, or the album or the CD is called The Scissors, Scissor Hands. Um, it is it's like Metallica meets BB King. Uh, it is unbelievable. Did I never play
1: it for you, Rob? I don't think so.
0: No, you would have not. You would have remembered it. Yeah. Oh, uh, it was really, really. Maybe one night I'll play it on here just a little bit.
1: Okay. Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Really cool song. But now nah, I just uh, I like everything. I got some Lucinda Williams over there. Um, of course, I got my Led Zeppelin. I got some new Robert Plant, uh, Spaceshippers. I got his new uh, country album, um, A Band of Joy, where he takes some old Led Zeppelin and makes some country. You know the other. Album he takes actually a ralph stanley bluegrass song and makes it uh into you know a spaceship song it's really crazy really cool uh cd and album
1: nice yeah rob came back he said really prince i gotta hear that
0: you got to it's, it's just dwight yokum swim pools movie stars purple rain
1: i'm gonna look that up because prince is one of my heroes you know as far as music goes yeah, yeah me too our friend Lori is here. Hey, guys. Just letting you all know, we have Weevil listeners as far as Northern California. We've been spreading the word.
0: Way to go, Lori. Hey, Lori, the first thing I heard when Trump was uh, taking in with COVID-19, that they were pumping those vitamins to him, B12. On, yeah, on, on, I heard that, too. The, yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: Oh, I think Zach's a little late to the game. Sid, listen to 89.9, Weevil Memphis. We do. Yeah. A lot of us do.
0: Everybody's starting to. It's, it's been the best station in Memphis for 40 something years, you know, uh, just people don't know about it because it's um, it didn't have a lot of power. You know, then um, I think when people don't know about it and they first tune into it, it might they might tune into something they're not familiar with. Uh, then if they don't hear commercials, then they go, what's going on here? You know what I mean? Uh, but once you start listening to it, you find out it's different genres of music at different times of day. They start at six in the morning, go off at midnight, and that's the really cool thing about it. You're never going to hear the same song, maybe ever, <laughs> twice. <laughs> that's what's really weird. You no, know, you're like, man, I will hear that song again. You probably won't, but uh, they play some really cool stuff. I'm glad everybody's tuning into it.
1: Absolutely. Uh, let me see here. Where is crap? They keep they keep sending messages, so it keeps. Uh, here we go. Val Jordan. Uh, do you still make appearances at matches and how do you keep your body up from the injuries you sustained from wrestling?
0: Yeah, I try to make appearances. I, I really um god I I was doing a few shows up here north of here in Osceola. we did a couple years ago where they had started their own Hall of Fame around the same time um, WWE does their WrestleMania I did that a couple of years ago and just haven't been back. I do like going to autograph signings at wrestling shows. I like going sometimes. I go to Oceola and just sit in the audience, uh, me and a couple of our friends. Just I, you know, it's weird too. I look at these old guys that are horrible, and I really appreciate them. And I'm like, wow, these guys are really good, Which it or not. I'm sure, but uh, <laughs> everything looks a lot better when you're sitting in the audience too. It's but a lot. Now, more fun. It's a lot more fun. And what was the other part of that question? Ron? Um, let
1: me go back up just a little bit. Oh, and how do you keep your body up from the injuries you sustained from wrestling?
0: Well, this is the thing, ma'am, good looking woman. You I see that picture of you on there. No, I, I just I've had to um since the first year since the COVID thing, I've really got on this diet to where I've taken a lot of stress off. The only really problem I was having was my right knee where a couple of years ago I had really got into this boxing routine where I'd gotten just such great shape. It was left, right, pop, pop, pop. my uh, my agility and my foot speed, hand speed was just so good. I started going to this place called MBS, stands for no bullshit. Got back lifting heavy again. Ended up hurting my knee, and now I'm having to work around that. And the thing that's worked the best for me while I was trying to get to is that the losing of weight, the working on the simple things, like, and Rob, we talk a lot in the mornings where, when we're walking. I do a lot of side walk, you know, a lot of agility drills, like carryovers, sidesteps, side, you know, just side shuffles, um, standing on one leg quite a bit. Then I come in and do as much workout as I can here at the house. I'm hoping by the another month or so, because I had to take a couple months off from that hernia surgery I had, that I will be back to where I was about a year ago, and things are looking pretty good right now.
1: Yeah, dog. You were talking about acid earlier. Uh, I think people in my area, I, I don't do drugs, but they think I'm on acid when they watch us walk in the morning. I okay. bet, yeah. I'm sidestepping in front of coffee shops. and Yeah, so it does work. Like uh, we were talking how much of a weight you've lost.
0: Yeah, I've lost 50 pounds.
1: Okay. Uh, Sterling here said, hey, Rob, ask Sid my question from above. If it's the one I saw, we actually answered that last week. Yeah, he said, who called you to come up for the WWE reunion when you beat Heath, how, uh, Heath Slater, and how did the boys treat you in the back?
0: Yeah, we answered that last week.
1: Yeah, uh, check out last week's episode, Sterling. Uh, we, we did bring that one up, and uh, it was a good answer, too. Um, here's one from Larry. What was Tatanka like to work with? Got any good stories about him?
0: Is that Larry Francis in Minnesota? That
1: It's Larry Francis. I'm assuming it's the same one.
0: It's got to be Larry. You tried to get in something stupid.
1: Um,
0: Working <laughs> with the Tonka, I don't. I, I I know I had to have once or twice. Uh it was, and everyone says this, so I'm not um, being mean here. It was like working with a safe that had Velcro stuck to you. I mean, it was it was just like picking up a safe. He was and he was glued to you, um, just real heavy to work with, um, you know. And, and again, it was his giving. I don't like being, and I I don't remember working with him. Maybe a tag or something where I had to give him a slam or something. I don't remember, but I remember people saying he was like a safe, and I remember experiencing it somewhere. Maybe the experience was so bad, somehow my mind is blocking it out. That's what's Locked happening. It right out, <laughs> but, uh, no, he was all right. But, you know, who would want to work with that style of guy that you have to wait around for him to do his, you know, his comeback when the, the chief thing and the Indian thing and all that. That's uh, that's crazy talk. You know, <laughs> I can't do that. I can't do that. I'm sure I didn't. I would have I said no to
1: that. Um, Neber has got a question here, but he's the gentleman who sent the picture. His question, uh, didn't you do acid with Sheik and Buddy Landell one time? Well, I didn't
0: do acid. They did. And man, that was a heck of a night too, man. That was so much fun. Um, I was always good to drive I was the road guy because I didn't drink, you know, um, and, and used to driving and staying up all night and waking up early was no big deal to me. And so a lot of times we drove in WCW, that's what, that's the territory we we're in at that time. They would, um, pay for your rental car. So, you know, you could drop it off anywhere. So if you, drove you can save your ticket so we'd all drive and save our tickets and we could use them for whatever we wanted to use them for you know vacate you know fly somewhere or whatever they wanted to use them for so um we were Panama City and the next night was going to be in Louisiana I want to say Baton Rouge or somewhere so um we were all talking about doing that me Buddy Landale Pee Wee the referee and the Sheik and they said man he goes we got this big kind like, come on hey Sheik says come on guys the big man to drive, he could drive all night long. He said, we'll do the acid and, and put the beer down and ice in the floorboard and, and head on to uh, Bill Watts territory. Cause that's where Bill Watts used to be. And we're like, okay, let's go, let's go. So we're all getting ready and we go get everything iced down and get going. And um, we get, we don't get out of Panama city. You know, they, they've been tripping on acid for a while now, the three of them. And um, so they're like, you know, man, yeah, this is great, man. Yeah, wow. Yeah, man. And then about that time, woo, cops. So I pulled. Now they're freaking out. I'm going, <laughs> well, I said, what do you guys do? Just don't look back. Because when you look back, they think you're hiding something. So just look straight ahead and don't do anything. So I get out, I'm talking to the guy, pretty nice cop. And uh, I put my foot on the bumper and I start moving a little bit, making them think there's something <laughs> going on. So he goes, well, look, just w- go wherever you're going. And, um, you know, just don't speed anymore. I said, okay. So I get in the car. and I, told I said, man, um, they just said, you know, gave me a ticket. I lied about everything. And so that sent those guys into a, a bad trip. So we hadn't been out of Panama city even. And buddy Landale goes, man, why don't we just pull over and uh, get a room and just drive the rest of the morning. And we said, man, we got out of Panama city. He's like, he thought we were like halfway there. And the chief said, no, man, uh, the big man's driving. You shut up. He goes, Oh, hey, buddy kept looking at me like, come on, Sid, just please pull over. And I was like, no, man, I'm not getting another, pay for another hotel. I do have to pay for that. So we're driving. And so we get going a little bit farther and um, everybody had to pull over, use the bathroom. And you got to realize you guys are on an acid and every little thing really intensifies a bad trip. So yeah. now we pull over to a convenience store. We're all in there and me and buddy up front, I'm getting something to drink and they're getting something. And um, we can see on the closed capture field, um, the uh, circuit, the little, TV circuit thing they, they got for the store we could see the sheep was stealing stuff putting his pants and so the store manager was like man I'm going to have to call the cops so we jumped in our car we started hauling us so um buddy starts again goes please just pull over let's get a room and he's doing it he's saying it to me quietly hoping the sheep won't hear it and I go buddy I'm not pulling over <laughs> <laughs> and the sheep reached up and just slaps buddy in the back of the head shut up buddy you jabroni the, the big man to drive, you know, blah, 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 blah. So we, it was like that all night long. I just terrified, tortured Buddy Landale and Pee Wee. Pee Wee oh. didn't say anything. Pee Wee just in the corner, just all, you know, just sunk up in the corner, tripping his brains out.
1: I couldn't imagine that. that... <laughs> okay. Um, Zach responded back because he was the one that asked about the weevil. He said, yes, sir. My dad learned me on it. So he has been listening to it.
0: Good going, man.
1: Yes. Oh, and Lori responded, yes, I heard that too about Trump and thought of us. <laughs> nice. Um, where was the other one that I saw? Here we go. Mark. Mark said, did you play football at Arkansas State and Byron Green? No, Byron did. I didn't. I was um had a
0: chance to walk on with a scholarship, but that's when I met Randy Savage and I got into wrestling.
1: Okay. Oh, and Val, uh, she said, thank you, Sid, for answering her question.
0: Oh, thank you, Val, for joining in tonight.
1: Always good to have you in. Okay. Whoops. This one's frustrating. (laughs) Okay, here's one. Uh, Did you ever work with the big boss man? And if so, how was he? Glenn Carter Jr. from Alma, Georgia.
0: You know, Glenn Carter Jr., I don't remember working with the big boss man. I remember being – on the card with him a lot in the WWF, um, but never worked with him. Um, he always seemed to be in going 100 miles an hour. However, I don't know if I would have enjoyed that. Um, but uh, no, I, I can't say I have.
1: Where was the other one? Okay, never again. He said. Thanks for clearing that up. Uh, what about staying in a motel one time with the Chic? I heard that was crazy as hell
0: man it was so many times with the sheep but there was one and I won't go into total depth of it um it was the night before Halloween havoc when I was working with sting rob where that was a show where I thought I was go- i thought I'd won the title and um we were at this um this some guy's room had like a big suite and there must have been 20 people or more in there and everybody was hanging out partying a little bit and uh long story short she talks me into getting this girl to come back to the room for us for him not me and uh they had a little bit of a problem and the cops were called and i got out by the skin of my teeth uh i'm not kidding man um yeah what happened was i went to bed there's we had this really nice suite there at the radisson inn in chicago and i closed it off when it to my, my, there's two beds were in one room, and then it was like a really nice living room. Had one of those refrigeration things, had these really expensive bottles of champagne, you know, $60, $90 in it. And, uh, so she and the girl in there watching TV or, you know, whatever they're doing, hanging out, talking. So I hear the court pop open, and I come out of my room, like, go, Hey, what's going on? Because the room's my name, and it's going to be charged to me, right? So I said, Hey, what's going on? He goes, Oh, don't worry about it, big man. He goes, The girl, she wants to, sh- uh, the champagne to make her feel good. So he says, you and I will share this. And I went, no. We're <laughs> not sharing this. This is on you, man. I said, keep it down in here. I got to go to bed. So I get back in there and within, I don't know, before I could get the covers pulled back up here, I'm, ah! <laughs> the girl's screaming. She's bleeding out the nose. And she's going, that pig slapped me. And um, he goes, I said, what's going on? And he goes, yeah, he goes, this, this bitch, she slapped me. She drank that good champagne and not want to be with me. I went, God, God. And, a, <laughs> and so he goes, like, hit her again. She starts screaming. So she wants Tom Zink. So I call Tom's room. I said, Tom, I can't go into it, but I got to get you to let this girl in. And so she leaves. And uh, so I go back to bed. I tell him, Sheik, Sheik, this is it. So you can ride with me, but you can never stay with me ever again. And he go, Oh, really? I said, No, really. And so about that time, I answered the door and said, like, Cops. And I went, Oh my god. So they were really again. All they wanted this girl was wanted to get to Tom Zink's room, and he didn't answer that time. So I called the room against Tom. I can't explain. The cops here in my room. You gotta answer the door for that girl. So that happened, and that would have been a lot of trouble today. You know. Yeah. It really would have been. So I learned my lesson and and everybody sort of uh, thought I was a jerk or stuck up sometimes. But that's why I rode by myself a lot of times. Um, If I didn't know somebody really well, um, and again, even if you know someone well, and I've I've told the story about Mike Rotunda getting into that altercation with the nasty boys where they all got stabbed by those kids on the interstate that time. You know, you just don't think you think, you know, these guys and um, you you just got to, sometimes you just have to make better decisions.
1: Oh no, absolutely. <laughs> uh Glenn Carter came back. Thanks, Sid. Have a blessed night. He was a big boss, man. Now we have Dan. I said, did you make any money in WCW from your action figures?
0: You know, honestly, I, I, WCW was just starting with the action figures. And, um, I, I know I did, uh, at one time I made a whole lot of money on them um, because I had a way that the action figures and percentage on most all merchandising says 33 and a third or 33 and a third or 33 and a third. And at one time I had 33 and a third period of, uh, merchandising rights, uh, with WCW and I was getting pretty good then. And that's where I made most of my money in merchandising, which I make. Okay. With the WWE, um, but nothing like I did there on 33 and the third.
1: Nice. And they had some excellent figures back then too.
0: Yeah, they did.
1: Uh, Bobby Brown asks, do you think you would have beat warrior in both your primes?
0: Beat. Uh, I'm sorry.
1: The warrior, ultimate warrior.
0: Beat him in what? Tic-tac-toe. <laughs> Maybe. No, man. I, you're talking about a real fight. Boy, do you think wrestling's real? Is that what it is?
1: I'm wondering, Bobby.
0: <laughs> well, no, if wrestling's real to you, yeah, I probably could have beat him if um I was told to. No, um I would think, you know, of course the guy's dead. I don't want to say anything about it. But no, um, I don't think he ever was um known as someone who fought or anything like that. I think I could probably hold my own with him.
1: I uh I can't find it now. I read a little blurb on Facebook where it said, wrestling is like porn. Everybody knows the ending. It's just getting there in the most entertaining way possible. That's it. So there you go. Um, oh, Bobby's got a different question here. Uh, do you think McMahon was a creep for how he treated Kamala?
0: You know, I don't know how he treated it. I heard, um, uh, I was talking to a kid named, um, Lamar the other day, we were talking about Kamala. We were talking about some things about him that we'll talk about a little later. We might have a new show coming up on Wednesdays. Something we've been talking about. Yeah, you know, I don't know. I, I don't know about Vince. I don't have a. I don't. I've not heard a. Uh, like someone told me a particular story. Uh, what Kamala or Vince did, to Kamala we can only imagine. I. I do. I have heard this story where Randy Hells and um, and uh, Corey Macklin who's uh dead now um they had had kamala go to little rock for a show they'd asked me to go too and i said no i knew they weren't gonna pay anyone they didn't pay him and um they i understand that they did him like that all the time that he was sort of a nice guy enough that you could do that to him now i did hear a story the day i heard some story about i guess bruno and lawler has been talking on lawler's podcast about kamala maybe this is where he got that um, maybe that's where he's where he's, asking the question from. You know what I mean, Rob? Yeah. Because we've not talked about Kamala, but I, I'm just that's the only person I've heard of late that was had, had Kamala in a conversation. So that's why I'm using this as a reference or as a comparison. Um, I heard that they said some things, and I know this is probably not totally accurate. But they were saying where they did feel sorry for Kamala, that he uh, was bitter towards, uh, WWF or Vince McMahon for this or that. Um, Bruno, I guess, said he was making, Kamala was making $15,000 a week. Um, and I think Bruno would say this to be the truth. Kamala might have had one week like that if he was working on top with Hogan. Uh, Kamala came in to take my place. So he did get you know a good spot there for a little bit where he was working with people who were on top. But I'm going to bet you, and I'll bet anything I got, that he didn't average anything close to fifteen. I know he didn't. I know for a fact he didn't. I don't even have to look at his thing. I know he didn't. Okay, uh, one of the one and one of their stories where I heard was Bruno said that Hogan came in one time and asked him, all, was he getting paid as much? You know how was he getting paid?" And I, when I hear something like that, I had people ask me the same thing, and they they want to know if everybody's getting paid square because of course Vince is not was known as being one of the worst payoff guys in the business. And you couldn't trust him. When Kevin would get paid, he'd ask me, what do you get paid?" We'd tell each other. That way, we know that we're both getting a fair shake. And so that was something commonly did. Uh, but when I heard the story that was, I heard that relayed back from uh, Bruno and King Lawler was that it sounded like they knew that Hogan, Hogan knew that he wasn't getting paid. You know what I mean, the right amount. So that's what I got from the story. And for then to say, and I'm I'm sure that this is probably exaggerated time I heard it. No way. No way in this world did that man make where you could say I made or averaged $15,000 in a week. It just didn't happen. I know it didn't. I don't have to think about it. So now you got to realize about Kamala. um, The dude um, had a horrible situation where diabetes, my understanding, took both his legs Man, you know, I've had where, um, you know, I've I haven't lost a leg, but I've I'm somewhat, you know, debilitated from this this break I've had where my one leg's an inch shorter. There's not a day that goes by that I, I wouldn't like to punch the business in the mouth. It just so happens right now, Vince is the business, um, and he wasn't anything to do with my leg break. But again, you know, it's just he is the business right now. So we sort of, we'll take he'll probably take those kind of hits sometime when he probably doesn't deserve it.
1: Yeah. I, I agree with you on that. He is the face of wrestling. So if something well, bad's happening, wrestling is his business. So. Well,
0: to Kamala's uh, point too, he didn't, he didn't make any money anywhere, but there, you know what I mean? He didn't work WCW. He didn't you know he worked those territories like Dallas and those territories when he was pretty, you know, on top of some of those, but they weren't making him a $500 a week, you know? Mm -hmm. So he didn't make any money until he went there, and that's where he got his fame as well, you know.
1: Uh, I think we have to have a talk with Never because Never says, wait, wrestling isn't real. (laughs) Right. Never, never. Uh, Okay, Val's got another question. How old were you when you got into the business?
0: You know, I swear people ask me that. I'm not um, from when I first started training to actually I get my first match. Um, Let me think here a second. In the 80, 82, when I first started, I think.
1: So you're like 21, 22.
0: Maybe, maybe 84. No, it could be 84 because Frank was born. So 83.
1: So early twenties for sure. Yeah, yeah. Nice. Uh, Matthew has got a comment here. Hey Sid, call back to last week on a recent Vince Russo podcast. Stevie Ray said that he told Animal to approach the Vice Land guys at a con- convention about filming a Road Warrior episode. So your friend Stevie's to blame for that episode. No, he wouldn't be to blame. This is you no. Know, this is way. Uh,
0: no, he wouldn't be to blame on that. Now, there's nothing wrong with presenting someone an idea. But then, okay, they could have done that a whole lot differently. They could have said, just left out the bad stuff. Because the deal is, guys, the Road Warriors, their career had just it by itself would have been a hell of a show to have done. You didn't have to show any of the negative stuff. Because that negative stuff, unfortunately, has come back and casted a shadow on some things. Now, um, so no, uh, Stevie didn't uh, cause uh, uh, animal. Uh, 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 that animal uh yeah animal he didn't cause uh joe to do that um he did that on his own and he went up there and maybe said no everybody's jumping on that bandwagon and and i will say this stevie probably would uh love to jump on that 15 minutes of fame and that's something and there's i say the majority of wrestlers out there would do the same thing so there's nothing wrong with that yeah but i was when i said that when we talked about that last week it was that for me i don't want that 15 minutes of fame uh, and if I would have taken it, would have been I would have done it. I would have only done it if it could have been in a good light. Again, think about it. Think about this. Think about what the career what that that what that show could have looked like. It didn't have to be dark. You know what I mean? Or as dark. You know. Again, this is the thing is, everyone. When you got a show that's titled The Dark Shadow of the Ring, they're only looking for shit. Period.
1: It's ratings. It's ratings, like.
0: guys. That's all it is. I, I watch this station a lot. I like a lot of the stuff. I don't like a lot of this, and I don't like a whole lot of stuff. That's personal to me because these guys on that show that they're, they're, they're talking about, in this case, Hawk, um, uh, you know, Chris Benoit, and they were, you know, these weren't close, close friends of mine, but they're part of uh, this wrestling family we have. I take this family like I take my family seriously serious and i don't want my family ever disgraced i wouldn't do that to my family i wouldn't do this to anyone in the business you know when i'm telling an acid story with me and the sheep that's nothing guys she does that on howard stern and that's just <laughs> that's his story okay i would never do that to anyone that didn't wouldn't mind it you know exactly. uh again again anything that says dark side of the ring it can only be bad okay um i have not seen a show that came out of that making anyone look good, and and I, I I've commented on the the Eddie Guerrero and the Chris Benoit story where Vicky Grill left him there to die. You know, I just you know that broke what what could have happened there is that you know what should have happened there that should have been recognized really easily and said so, okay we got to get this person help and I'm not going to walk out on them. I, I'm going to stay here till I get him help, you know? It's, I don't know this. it got to be something that people can do in that situation. I'm not going to say who. I've talked to some some wives who have lost their husbands in the same situations, and um, they're a big-time regret, okay? Um, even when they don't talk about it at first, and then they'll finally bring it up to me, you know that they wish they done something differently or tried something differently now i know um that there's got to be a toll on a wife and a hut and the wrestler himself and whoever is if the girl wrestler the family involved and, and after so much of he just get tired of it and i know that but it's not all in her lap either this is i put the majority in the lap of the the wrestling organization and not just the wwe but any of these organizations they should You know somehow get together and help these people there's you go on all night about how so many people out there suffering from all these different situations conditions mental physical all of them
1: no (laughs) that is true okay uh one last quick question here um and this is an interesting one giacomo padrino said and i'm going to preface this one because remember i was doing those interviews for blood in the snow Mm -hmm. Um, I was talking to a couple filmmakers and we got off the air and they asked what stuff I did. I said, I do a podcast with you. And the one guy, he kind of started marking out, but he was telling me about his favorite promo and it's one with you with Ahmed Johnson. And that's exactly what this question is about. Whose idea was it to stand directly behind Ahmed Johnson on the July 96 episode of raw, where he introduced you as the mystery partner, by the way, that was one of the best returns in wrestling history.
0: You know what? I'm sure that was that was probably the office's idea. I re- remember it vaguely. Uh, and a lot of times things like that probably aren't set up. That's just the way it happened. Now, for me, uh, this is how I think, this is why I think it meant so much when, when I came back. When I came back, it again, the business popped. I think what happened was it was almost like the turn of a heel turning baby face. I took that time off, and when I came back, they put me right in the top spot like that. You know, it's like, okay, now he's back. And then they, they gave me a little shot in the arm there. So, um, I think it was set up to be, I mean, uh, not purposely. I think it was just accidentally fell in place the right way.
1: Nice. Okay. So now we're into the second half and we've got a lot to catch up on. Okay. Because between, Last week and this week, a lot has happened. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, I've had a list here. Uh, The first thing right off the bat is they had that first debate. Right. Now, what are your thoughts on that?
0: Well, uh, it's it's probably like everyone else's. It was, uh, it didn't help anyone, Um, you know, where I've talked to a lot of people on both sides, Republicans and Democrats, where they say the same thing. the people are being honest are saying the same thing, and the people aren't being honest, like the people are, they're saying Joe Biden won. The other people are saying Bush won. I think I heard Chris Wallace say today that Trump interrupted him 145 times. It's uh, I, that's almost un- impossible to imagine. Um, n- neither one of them won. The thing is, too, uh, I said this about I'll go back to Trump for a second about the Colin Kaepernick thing. He doesn't know when to shut up. If he would shut up, not that it matters. Colin Kaepernick was never going to play another down. He would have never been heard of again. He, he, I believe, I, I really do, want to look back at this for a second. He didn't, I don't think it was Black Lives Matter was his his thought in the beginning. If we'll go back and look at this realistic, for real, what happened. He sat on the on the bench the first week he was benched. And now he'd been, you know, not playing, then playing, and they got benched. And what happened, his feelings got hurt. So when he got benched, he was sitting on the bench. And the rules say you have to be on the sidelines. So he did that the second week. And all I I say here for a second, if that was his intent, why did he say this the first week? Why did he sit on the bench the first week and wait till the second week where they forced him to be on the sidelines till he brought up the BLM, Black Lives Matter? He did not do that the first week. So that's here and there, okay? That's just my outlook on it. But what would happen there, though, the NFL was never going to let him play again. Donald Trump Trump did not need to say anything. Okay. Same thing in the debate. If he could have been quiet just for a few minutes, Joe Biden was, you know, falling over, you know, talking over his feet again. He was stumbling. Trump doesn't know. It's like, um, I, I scared the crap out of my deacon the other day at church on Wednesday. When we were feeding them. You unfortunate. I stood there for like 15 minutes till we came down the hallway and it scared him so bad. He's like, you to get mad at me. He goes, City goes, uh, uh, don't ever do that again. I mean it, you know, so, but I said, he said, you've been, must have been there for 30 minutes. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'll stay there that long until I can really scare someone. You, sometimes you have to wait for something to win. Okay. Donald Trump's evidently not one enough in his life to understand that part of life, you know? So this is why I'm so angry about it. And I sound angry is there are some issues and I will go, I won't go into all night tonight, but I'm sort of so torn in between here where, um, there are so many issues on both sides I want to be addressed. You no know, climate change on Biden's side, and um, you know the um, you know, just poli- you No, know, the, the military. I, I want to see a strong military. Then I want to see a strong economy, and I don't want to see looting. So you got looting. You got someone who don't want looting. You got someone who climate change that doesn't want climate change. It's just confusing. So, but with this silly bet I've got with three people, one being Maggie and them. Uh, that's the reason I'm mad. I want Trump to win because I don't believe Biden is a better person at this point. So I'm, I don't mind losing the 50 bucks, but when you see him do something like that, it's just frustrating, you know, uh, just frustrating. Um, but you know, Rob, we talked about it and this is why I'm not worried about it anymore. He's not going to win and it's not going to matter. Nobody cares. you know. if people really cared about Trump getting elected, they'd be out there doing something. You know, the people I'm talking to that are Trump supporters, instead of telling me about it, they're just sitting at home. If you really cared, you'd be out there doing something this year you won. You really care about the issues that you talk about, you care about. Evidently, Trump does not care about those issues. If he did, he's had, I think, a couple chances to win this thing. On the other side, Biden as well. Um, Biden, the same thing. He won't, announce anything he won't announce who he's thinking about for the uh, supreme justice he won't um he also did not what was two or three weeks ago ask him about his covid test he went around never said who gave it to him he said he does this when he takes the test he just says yes ma'am he wasn't for sure when he took the test they're both liars they're both liars biden you know when they ask him about that three and a half million dollars you know he just said he brought up some guy's name goes, Oh, that guy said it really wasn't that big of a deal. What do you mean? It wasn't that big of a deal. And Trump on the other part, he he couldn't stop himself from screaming of the 145 times he butted in to say, Hey, let's talk about that three and a half million dollars. You know, it's like, man, you could have walked out of there, but you didn't, you know, now with him going, I just can't imagine what he's going to do when he gets out of the hospital tomorrow. You know,
1: it's going to be interesting. Um, This is interesting. We have Nepper saying, "Please don't get political." It divides fans, no matter which way you spin it. Even if you split it right down the middle, no,
0: you can't. You can't. You're right, dude. You you can't. You can't. It's the weirdest thing. This is the first time I've ever followed an election. Now it has been fun because it's like a basketball game, but it's lasted for six months. (laughs) I'm not kidding. It's like, you know, when I pull myself back from it. I think, okay, I said, Biden's going to win this thing. You know, it just, uh, I can't, you know, and it's not Biden is good. He's not. It's just Trump is, I'll use this one phrase for the most part. He's overexposed in everything he does. Uh, He's been picked on too much and he's been, they they brought out every little thing about him and they made up a bunch of things about him. Um, And we, what I've gathered from everything, that's what everyone does is just make up a bunch of stuff. Like right now, CNN News, they're saying um, that someone his age on these little steroid packs, he could go crazy. I started thinking, dude, if you knew the steroids I've taken in my life (laughs) with a fever, that's what, you know, come on. They're like making this thing out like he's going to come out with three tits, you know, from this thing. Like the monster, you know, that came from outer space with three tits. No, but again, it's just, I don't know, man. I, I I haven't watched news today very little. I, I just I do want to talk about something I did see. This is something I want people to know. Um you know, when we talk about equality or inequality you know, for, for people, you know, I saw a couple of things over the past weekend, last week, since last week that made me think about it a little bit. One, there's a show in Viceland called um, Carrie and Jamel. I don't like all of it, but Picked up on something. They were talking about the Brenna, Brenna, Brenna. Brenna Oh, uh, Brianna. Brianna. Brianna Taylor. This is no. I didn't think about that. I didn't. I didn't really understand the whole thing what they were saying. But they were saying black women, and this does make sense. Where you know they have to take care of their children. They have to take care of their boyfriend's children. They have to take care of their sister's children. There's a lot of. There's a lot of. Responsibilities, not that it's not on all of us, everyone. I know that's what you're saying right now, but this could happen to anyone. All right, so you don't have a father. I didn't either. So we're all in that situation, okay? But they're just talking about her case right now. Not talking about this only happens to black people or people of color. So when you think of these things, and the people go, okay, yeah, maybe this boyfriend was a bad guy. And the boyfriend had been around, she hadn't been around this guy, things wouldn't happen. But we all do that. I, You know, uh, my wife chose me. I'm a bad person. You know, we know so many stories where good women have picked bad people. Um, so, again, with equality, we know she didn't have a father. She'd been working really hard. We know that people of color do face things all the time. Now, I'm going to tell you a story about a guy I just found over the weekend. His name is Jack Trice. Jack Trice Stadium is a stadium named for the Ohio State football team. The story about Tr- Jack Trice is this. I can't remember the year, but he was the first person of color on the Iowa State football team. He was uh, he was telling it was a story about him the other night, last night. So this is how the story goes is you no, know, black people, people of color weren't allowed to eat even lunch, dinner, or anything with the rest of the team. They weren't allowed to travel with the team. So the night of the team's meeting, they this gentleman, Jack Trice, was in his room by himself. Um, and that he was writing a letter the night before his game. And um, this is what's so crazy, so cool about the letter. He talked about what he had to do to help this team win a football game. And he even mentioned it. He said that he, he was a defensive player. And I guess this was legal back in the days where you could do a roll block. And that's sort of illegal now because they hurt people doing that. Well. He says, if I have to sacrifice myself with a robot, because people don't know this back in college football days, back then, you know, sometimes 15, 20 people a year died in football. Um, that's why it, it, this, you know, college football was way before the NFL, okay? And this for helmets and all that. So it was a real brutal sport. So when someone talked about this, it really was, you know, very dangerous to do these kind of things. So he talked about it in his letter and how it, it, this meant so much to him and his family. And he did mention race, and for his color, he had to do this, meaning he had to sacrifice all, sacri- make these sacrifices work. He didn't get to eat with the team, no, but he got to go out to help them win the game. So that next day during the game, he violently throws that roll block, that body block in front of everyone, and it causes his death. So it took years and years later that finally all the people that got together, they named that stadium after him. So if we don't understand in quality, maybe stories like that will help us think about it. Does that help you, Rob?
1: That does, actually. Absolutely.
0: So if Brenda Taylor has got a didn't have a father, she's dating a guy that's probably not on the up and up, and that's what she's living with. That's unfortunate, but that's that's what happens when we, we don't know any better. Same with me and anyone else who gets in that situation. Same thing with Jack Trice. That's in quality. He didn't get to you know. He's the first. had to go through all these things. Just like Jackie Robinson, everyone that that broke the barriers and these things like this. But the thing about, to me, about the Jack Tri story is he did it. And to me, is God, you know, that'll go. You know, think about whether it is Iowa State, too. That's not, you know, a, a black college, you know. Um, and I don't hear of many college stadiums named after black people, but what a great story and what a great university to do something like that.
1: Mm hmm. Um- there's an interesting little side chat going on here on the the video. Uh, the first thing that Jean uh, Cuomo says, um, how does Sid not see through Trump? He's a fraud who is selling himself as a character. He says so much opposite stuff behind the scenes. Trump is basically the Vince McMahon in politics. And that's, in our conversations, I don't think that's ever been in doubt. Both sides no. seem to be. No, I, no, you're right. You're right. What's his name? Uh, Giancomo. Cuomo.
0: Giacomo no I'm I'm with you Giacomo 100%. No. They're both like that. Um uh Trump is uh, of course he says he's transparent he gets away with it a little more often. You know? Um but this is the thing is I and of course I didn't know cuz I've never followed a, 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 a presidential, you know, election before. You know, honestly I thought Joe Biden was an honest person until I saw him you know, so I started seeing him on news and stuff, and so hearing things about him. Um, but no, Trump is um, just everything—the virus, everything. Even if you, you know me and Rob have talked about it, there are, there are going to be the virus going to be around a while. There are going to be some things like he Trump did say that where this thing is one day going to go away. It's not going to go. It will be magic. It won't be magically, but it'll seem like that. But it, it's not going to go away just by people staying at home. And the uh, vaccination, because we already know the vaccination, I'll explain this, is only 50 to 70 percent effective and only 50, only 50 percent of people are going to take it at first. So that's going to take a couple years for that to hurt out. We're going to be wearing masks for a long time. Now, that's what does bother me about Trump. You know, that if we could just if he would just say wear a mask, you know, but no, I'm with you. Uh, They're both. They both do not tell the truth uh i I could not i've never voted and i would not and could not vote now i do see one thing now i can understand i've always for the last 50 years well last you know eight years or so i've always wondered why hadn't someone like colin powell run i always thought of him being a really maybe the smartest guy i've ever seen uh you know in front of the camera in far as in the political arena you know he never looked at a prompter he doesn't seem like he's looking at notes we know he's a you know, got a—he's really smart. One thing I want to see someone in office, and I know this sounds corny, but I want to see somebody with a military background, uh, like Teddy Roosevelt. And if anyone wants to argue with me about that, I think that argument's over. Teddy Roosevelt is, without a doubt, the greatest president we ever had, and probably Lincoln second after that. So, but again, uh, I, I don't want to. I want safety um, on both sides. But no, um, they're both just—they're both. I—I I couldn't vote for someone. Because I didn't like someone else. And that's what I think, Rob, is the unfortunate situation with people who do vote. Most people don't know what they're voting for or they do know what they're voting for. And they don't care that they're voting for something bad because they just don't like the other person. Or in most cases, they're only voting because they're only Democrat or Republican. They don't care how bad the other person seems. You know, at first I thought independent people were the weird ones. Well, I got to be independent. You know, uh, I couldn't be either, uh, the other, you know, uh, I do. When I look at history, the, the presidents stand after me are Republicans, um, but I don't know why. But I mean, I do. I don't know why. But again, I, I like um, I like, you know, I guess go back to George Washington. I like someone in the military. Seems like those guys do a better job.
1: That is one thing the Russians used to do. I don't know if they still do it now, but you could not run for political office unless you had been in a war.
0: Well, it would make sense. I mean, you, that's yeah. the most important thing of our country, you know. Well, they want people um, to remember the price of war.
1: Right. So right.
0: That's that's so, Rob, I'm glad you brought that up. And that's exactly why I thought Colin Powell would have been such a good uh, uh, candidate for office because he, you know, both times when he was uh, worked with George Bush Sr. and Jr., both times he suggested for not to go to war because he knew the price of war. But when it came down, when it, he had to do it, he did it. And he did a really good job of it. Uh, that's why I would like someone like Colin Powell. But, you know, I, after seeing this, I wouldn't run either. You know, they'd bring up those wars against him like he's the one that orchestrated those things. You'd never hear the end of it. Uh, imagine if he had a hangnail to go with that. You know, you know. I mean, they could beat you to death over a hangnail, uh, the media.
1: Where is it here? Never said, I solved the problem on who to vote for. Check the messages. Yeah, I did see that one up here. Let me just find it again really quick because it does. It solves everything right here. Never said, so what you're saying is to just vote for you.
0: You know what? I I wish it could be that simple. I wish I could say yeah, but I couldn't do it either, guys. I don't know enough about any of this. And that's what's so confusing. Um, I've always thought I had a gut feeling about things. I I think I got a gut feeling about this, about Trump. One, I just, my main thing about Trump, and I'm not knocking him or anything like that. I've just always said he's overexposed for the last few years. Uh, And some of it has been warranted and some of it's not. Some has been fair and some has not been fair to put on him. But whatever the case is, he's been overexposed. Never seen anything like this. I'm watching it only from television, okay? Only from the news, uh, uh, watching the news for 15 minutes in the morning while I'm getting dressed. And that's all I've seen. And then for whatever reason, I did see the country change. Um, where and I don't, again, I just seen I seen it tighten up on, where I really thought I was seeing um, um, the inequalities and. Prejudice and racism a little bit sort of died down, and it seems like as soon as he got in the office, it just it like magnified. And I'm not blaming him for that, but I noticed it. I just seen it everywhere. Um, I seen it in both ways too, where you know people of color were um, you know always you know looking at me differently. And these are people I've known for years. Uh, I've also heard uh, white people talk about things about things I never heard them talk about before, and taking stances uh of course this would be trump supporters uh like whoa man <laughs> this is uh this is you know this isn't everyday stuff mm-hmm. Th- this is the thing is though it's not going to get any better with biden and the way, way it looks like now it, could, it might get worse you know
1: that's one person put in here and I, I went back to try and find it but i can't that said that it's it is a uh, it's a decision on who would do the mo- the least damage, but right. that's not the position you want to be in for the leader of your country.
0: You know something too. You talked about the debate. Uh, I wrote this down the other night. They said after the debate, almost not long after this, they found out. Said after the debate, Trump lost the suburban educated voter. You know, that's what happens when you put yourself in a situation like that. You know, those are the independent people. Those were the swing votes he needed. And those people said, no, I'm not doing this. Yeah. Now, that's a poll. Mean that means that's going to happen. But, man, I've never seen so many polls against one person in my whole life. Either. And I know they were against him last time. But I don't know. Of course, we've got another 30, 29 days for this. You know, there's always a chance Biden might not live that
1: long. (laughs) Gian Como here has got some more. He goes, let's all write in Sid's name. Uh, Sid's slogan would be, I am the master and the ruler of the United States.
0: (laughs) Right. Hey, now, Rob, um, we were talking about this, and we don't know. Everyone, we're thinking about doing it, and we might only do it through the election. We were thinking about doing a show on Wednesdays called Right or Wrong Wednesdays, and it would be about world news and sports. Uh, like, say, I've heard today there was a great guy who passed away. His name Bob Gibson. If, if I would have ever been a pitcher and I always wanted to be in baseball, Bob Gibson would be the guy I wanted to be. Um, just he, he, he still today holds the record strikeouts, shutouts, uh, all the cool records you want, MVPs, World Series. But the main thing was he really did it his way. Uh, he was real competitive, always had an edge to him. Um, probably the most feared pitcher of all time, but um, we lost Bob Gibson. Those are stories I'd like to talk about that on sports and people like Jack Trice from Iowa State and things like that. And then we want to just talk about what's going on through the election.
1: I like that idea. I do.
0: Well, we're, we're, we're knocking around, everyone. We're, we want y'all's feedback. What do y'all think if we need to do another show like on Wednesdays called Right or Wrong Wednesdays, World News and Sports?
1: Message us. Let us know what you think. Right. Um, okay. I guess, so we're near the end of the show here. Um, there was, remember I told you that that gentleman Johnny was going to join us, but we missed the beginning of the show. I know he's here with us right now. Stay tuned. Uh, keep with us, Johnny. Okay. Because once we're off the air, we'll chat with you for a second. Um, I was also sent by Never another picture. President Sid, I believe this <laughs> will be served.
0: Good going, man.
1: There we go. That's it. <laughs>
0: well, I want everyone to understand something. I'm not. I, I'm not making a political stance or anything like that. Now, I, now, I, I do really believe things. That, that I have deep convictions about. Really, one thing, everyone, and that's climate change. And I really believe that. And I was tell. I was watching watching sixty minutes tonight. And this is what I want everybody to know about climate change. And this is the only reason I would even think about voting. I never would vote uh, for Joe Biden, but if I thought somebody was really going to do something, I, I would. But I really believe the world is going to make the changes on themselves. Like like Amazon, they're going to go completely electric. Uh, Walmart's doing the same thing. I think people are, are smart enough to make these uh, changes uh, for themselves. Uh, I don't think we're going to have to worry about, you know, Trump not doing it or Joe Biden doing it fast enough. Um, I'm trying to think where I was trying to make my point there.
1: About climate change and voting for someone who'll. Do oh it.
0: yeah! So I watched sixty minutes tonight, and this is how simple it is. Okay, climate change. All right. There's a guy named professor or scientist. His last name is Man. and he was talking. He's the guy in charge of everything. The people that you know uh, do the work on climate change are our scientists, our country. Okay, um, and this is the this is the thing um, where we know, and I could go into every, everything on this that was on the show tonight, but this is what really stood out to me. And I've not heard this before. And I think that people hear this, it might make a little more sense to those maybe or on the fence about climate change. This is something I didn't know. And if you didn't know it, you you might be interested to know this. What they said, the most telling tale about all the study and data they've shown is this, where people can argue this one, there's many facts about climate change or more facts there is on gravity. Yeah. Think about that for a second. So if you don't know anything about gravity, then you might not. You might have not uh, w- not saying anything. If you don't, then say, okay, I just don't know anything. Second of all, the thing that really stuck out to me is this. The studies in Charles done on climate change is this. The Earth, uh, the Earth's atmosphere and the, sur- the surface, the temperature is going like this right here. And we all think, well, okay, well, the only thing that could cause that would be the sun, right? No, that's not what's working. As our temperatures on the surface of Earth is going like this, the sun temperature is now going down. Science says right now we should be on average two degrees cooler. And that would make sense to what everybody's, No, you know, we heard this theory that this, these temperatures go in cycles. Yeah. Well, this time it's not. The cycle is, yeah. The cycle is going down, but the Earth's surface is still going up. And that's the difference, everyone. So it's not going to affect me or you probably in our lives. I think it is. I still believe a believer that this COVID-19 is, is indirectly caused because climate change. Um, I think people, I think that's, I think that's going to be, I think they're going to find that out to be true. Um, I do know, heard about today, the forest, they agreed, yes, that the, the forest in California were partly because of the brush stuff underneath the trees and stuff like that. But it also has caused all the surrounding things that are caused by climate change, the lakes and the rivers and everything else. There's no water there. So there's no water there. The trees don't have no water to pull from. So when those things catch on fire, they don't stop there. They just keep going. You know, so there's not a, a something to stop a fire for like this year, last year, I think the record was four millions total in the United States. One fire But just California. This year had 4 million acres. So, some of it is yes, due to not cleaning things up, but the other is due to climate change. But this is what they get. The scientists said tonight on sixty Minutes. That right there is what's going to really, and I, I couldn't, I can't explain it. I'll have to look at it again. People can look at it for themselves. But that is going to intensify the possibility of floods, and that is what we're going to be facing.
1: It's it's crazy. That's that's do. Uh, we'll do some more deep diving into that and get some.
0: More yeah, I, I, listen to what I hope. I hope they're wrong. I mean. I only, you know, I've heard this for years like everyone has too. I live out in it, you know, because I work at it all the time. I'm telling you, you know, my shows are these Alaskan shows, these wilderness shows. They're all affected by it. They, not everyone would be making this up. Um, I think it, I don't want to be ugly to people, but it's time to pull your head out of a rock. Um, and if you don't know, just say you don't know. I'm, I'm able to do that. If I don't know, I just say I don't know. And then I'll, I'll I'll look into it and I'll try to make if there's someone like Sid who's telling me that there is climate change. I'm going to I'm going to find facts to show that he's not right. Um, That's the only thing I'm doing, everyone. I'm looking at the facts. Um, I'm not a scientist. Um, I believe in science. Um, Again, their jobs are only to gather facts and tell us the truth. Uh, They don't have any other. They have hidden agendas. And when now almost all scientists believe that there is climate change, we can't argue with that. Um, and I could even go as far as saying the few scientists that don't believe in climate change are the ones that work for fossil fuel. And they're that's what they show. But again, um, if it is happening, and I think it is, but we're going to see the worst of it in 30, 40 years from now.
1: Yeah. Well, I think we should end this with your you know, jumping into the presidential campaign because Cheryl said she would vote for you.
0: Thank All you, Cheryl.
1: Did Giancomo can be your campaign manager because he's got everything set out.
0: There that you go, Gian.
1: Campaign ads, double choke slamming Biden and Trump through the debate tables, and I mean yeah. Chris Wallace for good measure, a heel move that still gets crowd approval.
0: I like that, man. No, you know what? I, I couldn't run. I, I would like to see somebody make a change. Um, now, me and Rob talk about this everyone all the time we talk about all these subjects all the time and there's a percentage of me says you know that this could not be true this could you know this could not show up um, but it's a small percentage of me you know because I you know but I, I believe majority of part of me that believes there is something there but um, just like with the COVID-19 you know I think there is something to about you know, first me and Robert, we've been quarantined for the last six months. Right now, I haven't had a haircut. Um, but I, I've, I've a yeah, few. But no, I, I do believe there is some. too, we have to keep going. And there's, you know, where you see like Sweden and uh, places like that has n- not shut down one time, and their cases are under ours. But what they are doing, they are wearing. Uh, well, they're not. I okay? can't. Uh, they're not. Sweden, up, but places there are. We got to wear masks, but they are social distancing and they are washing their hands. So if we really social distance, it really is probably close to wearing a mask. Um, but you still, I'm sure there's still a percentage there that says that you still could contract the virus. So for me, uh, I'm not only going to Walmart, and that's the only place I need a mask. So, but where I do go, and and I. I got one with me just in case I do need one. So I would say, you know, for right now everybody should do the same.
1: Yeah. Uh, Rondell said he would vote for you. Val Jordan said she would vote for you. All right. Never said, looks like Sid better get his good suit cleaned for this presidential election. Good, man. <laughs> and, well, uh, everyone, I hope, uh, shut up, Rob. <laughs> <Okay.
0: Just kidding. laughs> I hope we're not boring everyone uh, with this stuff. Um, I do think it's very important for us to talk about this I want people to um and I, I mean this sincerely and this isn't just as a simple way of saying it I just want really everyone to get along um that sounds sort of stupid and corny but if we could just again look at the person we're walking across and say something nice to them as we pass by just say how's your day how are you doing or, or something instead of looking at someone, with an empty thought in our head, where they they have a chance to think that what are they're thinking about? Let's let's get past that. Let's tell someone, "Hey, how you doing today? Hey, it' in a nice day." Just do something positive. Remember when we give something like that, and that's just a nice gesture. the The endorphin that person receives is a good feeling, and we get to receive that same good feeling. You know, and that's the act of giving. And that is, that's how simple it is, everyone. All we got to do is say, how are you doing today? Man, you should you, – we can make it up. You look nice today. You know what I mean? Anything. um, uh, That will go a long ways.
1: The only contagious thing I want floating around is a smile.
0: Yeah, that's it, Rob. Just a smile and, you know, we can't shake hands. And you know, when, when we all have to wear a mask, I try to move my eyes. You know th- – I've, Rob knows this, and we talked about it before. I have to go through my whole life to be sure I don't offend people just because I'm so hideous looking. Um, but I've got this natural scour. I look mean and everything. So I go – I try to get, get, let people not feel uneasy. Uh, I have to do that um, because of my size and everything else. And I, I know this because you of years of counseling about my temper. Um, so I know I have to break that barrier. So we all can do that, you know. And I tell you, I enjoy someone gives me a nice compliment or how you're doing something like that. Sometimes but, and I haven't, I haven't been into a line of a smoothie shop in a while, but when I, I've done this recently, several times, not recently, but I've done this several times in my life. If it was a police officer in line, he's trying to get a smoothie too. I buy him one um, just because that's a good thing to do. Um Remember doing good things. There's only one difference between God and good. And that's one Oh, everybody.
1: Yeah. Here is a great thing to close on. Val. There you go. Uh, Thank you for your honesty and being the Sid I remember when I saw you in Atlanta.
0: Thank you, Val, for tuning in tonight. We'll be looking forward to talking. and We'll be talking. You'll be listening. And we'll be looking for your electronic letters here on the Vicious Circle with Sid Vicious, or Sidney Udy, and Rob Bellamy, who now has got his own fan club, with the total members of one person, with the president and the only sole member, Jeff Arthur from atlanta georgia who's turned out to be a real jerk he's actually <laughs> one week behind on podcast so he won't hear this until next week <laughs> so um anyway he'll get caught up and one day this shit all work out awesome
1: all right everybody have a great night
0: good night everyone
1: you've been listening to the vicious circle podcast your host sid Udi, co-host rob bellamy Additional research by Pete Marsh. The Vicious Circle Podcast is produced by Two Cousin Road Trip Productions, a division of JX3 Media Productions. The intro music is Unleash the Giants by Cemetery Spawn, and the outro music is Digging Space by Mike Treblecock.